0: to the swamp 24 7 podcast i'm your host thomas gold along with my co-host blake alderman we're your staff writers for swamp 24 7 sports blake first off <laughs> coming off last night's loss to kentucky where are you at headspace wise
2: uh, you know, I think I'm closer back to where I was at the beginning of the season, you know, eight and four type of season. Um, you know, whenever you come out, it's crazy because you come out and you just, you know, you, you seem that Dan Mullen seems to have his way offensively with, you know, a team like Alabama and comes out and just seemed to have a lot of struggles against Kentucky. You know, I don't know if it was, it was a lot of things, you know, could it be on the road, just all the penalties? Um, I thought the clap, you know, snap signal was, was kind of interesting because it just didn't seem like it was working as the game went on and you would thought that, you know, there was another plan out there. There just seemed to be a lot of, you know, head scratchers in this game, and it's and it's just such a different dynamic than it was a couple of weeks ago against Alabama. Granted, that was a loss, but this just seemed to be uh, so much less of a competitive loss from the coaching staff. And, you know, I think the players were fine, you know, minus some miscues here and there, but that's football. But it was an interesting kind of game plan, it seemed, heading into this game for the coaching staff.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, obviously a lot went wrong for Florida. Uh, and I guess if you're looking for silver linings or positives, I mean – the sheer number of mistakes that Florida was able to make and still be in there feeling like they had a chance in that game down until really the final minute or two of the game. I guess that's a Testament to where Dan Mullen has gotten the program. Like, I I guess I'm thinking back kind of, you know, through the off season through even the early parts of this season to kind of things I was saying. And we sat here on this podcast after that Alabama game. And uh, I don't remember if you were on this episode or not, But basically I made the point where okay, like Florida played Bama really close. You feel like that's another step closer to taking that next step as a program. Now, I think I made the comment really for this Florida team, given where they were after that Alabama game, really it was kind of just get through these next couple and don't get upset and set up that big showdown in in Jacksonville for this Georgia game. And I think in hindsight. we probably were a little bit ahead on that. You know, I don't, I I think it's clear at this point that Florida as a program still is not quite to that level where you can assume that games, even against uh, Kentucky, you know, some of these teams that typically maybe Florida hasn't had issues with. Well, guess what? Mark Stoops has got that program better. And we're finding out while Florida is able to compete with the Alabamas, uh, I would say even with the Georgias, based on what we saw last year, the problem right now, Blake, is Florida is not yet at a program where it can routinely do that. And maybe that's on me for having skewed expectations, for getting those expectations a little bit out of whack too early. Um, if anything, I think, again, I think that's somewhat a testament to Dan Mullen. But I think at the end of the day, there were signs that Florida is not all the way there yet as a program. I mean, like, let's talk about how last year ended, right? Uh, and I think this is going to be kind of the discussion going forward for Florida is where is the trajectory at this point, right? Like has, we, we've always talked about, you know, the, the concern with Dan Mullen from the moment he was hired was you'll probably have a really high floor with Dan Mullen, right? He, he can coach X's and O's very well. The question was, where's the ceiling. Right. And up until I would say really towards the end of last year, when some of those head scratcher, you know, the head scratching LSU game comes in up until that point, I would say we still weren't quite sure where the ceiling was, right? Because Florida had done better competing against Alabama. I mean, the Gators have played the the Crimson Tide closer than anyone, but you thought the floor was pretty high. Now I think you're starting to get a little bit back into that zone where it's like, okay, do we really know where the floor is? And I think, unfortunately, Blake, we're about to find out that for Florida because – figuring out a way to now that you're three and two, you've lost five of your last eight games. You've lost five of your last six against power five opponents. And realistically, Blake, the sec East is gone. I mean, mathematically it's still possible. You still get to play Georgia, but now you're banking on a Georgia loss to someone else. And quite frankly, Georgia looks like a team that is absolutely loaded with five stars. And coincidentally, they're playing like one. So at this point, with all the season goals kind of gone, and and that hard to sell as motivation, now we're going to find out how much that culture Dan Mullen has put in really kicks in because it's not going to be easy to get off the mat after this one.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that you know a loss like this, you know, it stings. You know, you always start to wonder. You know, are the guys that are thinking about the NFL? Do they kind of mail it in a little bit there? Um, I think that Coach Mullen has done a good job, kind of bringing that culture in the program to where you're not really seeing that so much, you know, sure. There's some guys here and there, you know, that you could maybe make a case for, but um, it's, it's going to be tough, you know, especially whenever you've got a noon game against Vanderbilt this week, granted it's homecoming, but I mean, do players really care about, you know, homecoming? I mean, is that the big exciting thing? So, I mean, you, you've got, you've got some tough weeks coming up, you know, and I, and I don't mean tough that Vanderbilt is tough. It's just tough to keep your players motivated for something like this after a loss like that. And I think that's, and that's, you know, what your point is, but I think it's going to be tough for Mullen to keep that, you know, the the intensity high and, you know, trying to keep their eye on the prize. You know, you have to keep that carrot on the end of the stick for the horse. And, you know, will that work? That's, that's kind of the, the, the the real test this, this coming week.
0: Yeah. And I think, I, I think the, the reason it's important that Florida, I hate to use the word take care of business because they just completely fail to do that. But I think the reason it's important that Florida not lose games that it's not supposed to lose going forward is you're in here for right now, right? Like the clock is, is, is running right on Dan Mullen, whether or not you believe he's a great coach has done great things for Florida. I think there's certainly arguments to be had there, but the clock is ticking, man. You know, Florida, Florida up until really, I, I go back to this up until the end of last year, there were these kind of clear steps that you could point to each year, right? And I wrote about this a little bit on Swamp 24-7 last night. Dan Mullen takes over a team that wins just four games in 2017, right? Pretty obvious rebuild on his hands. Right. From, a, from a talent standpoint, from you know a quarterback standpoint, he's inheriting a quarterback in Felipe Franks that had to be remolded, rebuilt you know got you got bare bones
2: you got a house of bare bones
0: you got a team that doesn't know what it's doing right so so first year very very clearly makes a huge step wins 10 games gets to a new year's six bowl year 2 i think the goals are kind of okay to improve on that and and ideally that would have been getting to atlanta florida didn't quite do that but they still moved to 11 wins they win another new year's six bowl going into year 3 we talked about it all off season the whole thing was going to be okay, this is setting up to be the year you got to get past Georgia because Kirby Smart is recruiting like gangbusters. If you don't beat him this year, you know, year three in your program, that recruiting narrative is not going to change. Like if you can't prove that you can get over the hump, Kirby Smart's just going to tell every recruit, hey, why would you go to Florida when, you know, we've made it to a national championship game, we've made it to an SEC championship game, and Florida can't beat us. Like Florida's got to go through us to get there. Why would you go to Florida? Well, Florida took care of business, and in year three, they made that step, right? So all the way through last year's Georgia game, you can look at Florida as a very, very clear upward trajectory, right? And if you take the SEC championship game, I think you can continue to make that argument, right? Florida only loses to Alabama by six. They play above their heads, and you know maybe that game wasn't as close as it ended up on the final score, but you felt like Florida was getting still to the point where it could. The problem, Blake, is... Exactly what happened last night also happened last year, where you had a Florida team that had absolutely no business losing show up unprepared, unfocused, and unready to go against a team that, frankly, it looked like Florida overestimated. Now, I'm not sure Florida overestimated Kentucky last night. I certainly would hope not given that this team has already lost to Kentucky once in Dan Mullen's tenure, given the fact that they had to come from an 11-point deficit 2 years ago in Lexington, i sure hope that Florida didn't overlook Kentucky. More likely what happened is Florida just had a really really terrible game and we saw it. The eight false starts, the the blocked field goal return for a touchdown. I mean, like i said going, you know, into this show, there were so many things that had to happen wrong for Florida to lose that game, but they did. And Last year against LSU, they did. And that was an LSU team that came in with something like 53, 54 scholarship players. Florida, you know, you you can debate this after the fact, whether or not Kyle Pitts could have played in that game, but they held him out. Um, it, It just, that loss changed the discussion that we're having now in year four. Because without that loss, you can look at that Alabama game and say, Okay, we're getting there. You can point to, you know, the loss against Alabama two weeks ago, say we're a little bit closer and you can kind of justify, hey, we were always likely to have a step back moving to a new quarterback after having a second round draft pick in Kyle Trask, you know, the highest drafted NFL tight end in history, like you can make a reasonable case that Florida should take a step back. The problem is when you have that in the context of the LSU disaster last year, the Oklahoma decision to apparently just not show up for the game, and then you have this happen again against Kentucky, Blake, it very much becomes a question of which part is the part, you know, that is the real Florida, which part is the part that fans are more likely to see going forward, and is this the change in trajectory from finally kind of taking those improvements, making those steps, to now – is Florida going to take a big step back? Is that going to cripple recruiting when it's already got some problems? And I think that's a very, very fair question for fans right now. And that's a scary one for Florida fans, Blake.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. Especially considering that the month of October, you know, lots of Florida, uh, targets are making their decisions um you know this was not a really this isn't the loss you wanted to have when you've got you know guys making their decisions in the next couple weeks I don't know that a kids really put a lot of you know weight into you know one game here or there um I think it's kind of a culmination of a lot of things but it's just not how you want to start off the month of October you know just kind of focusing on just a recruiting aspect when you've got all these targets coming up you don't want to start off that first weekend in October you know with a loss like this
0: like I want to hit on recruiting in the second half of the show, because I think that is a huge part of the discussion that we're going to have today in terms of the program's trajectory. And then I think there's a second component to it, and it's staff loyalty. And I think those are two things that fans have been talking about for at least a year now, particularly after the decision to retain Todd Grantham. But first off, here, here's let me just lay out the case for you realistically for this Florida 2021 team, right? Florida's already lost two games. They're like I said. By for all intents and purposes, they're out of the SEC East race. They're out of the playoff race at this point. Realistically, the best you're hoping for is you can somehow work your way into a fourth New Year's Six bowl, and that's very much possible. But at this point, nobody in their right mind is gonna pick Florida to beat Georgia. And I the 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 thing that's so frustrating about Dan Mullen's tenure at UF so far is that it wouldn't be surprising to see Florida show up and have a fantastic game plan against Georgia. It's kind of
2: like a roller coaster. It's so many ups and downs. You know what? And I'm glad you said
0: that because when Dan Mullen took over, one of the very first things he said was that you look at Florida, they've obviously had some success, you know, three years prior to his arrival, they went to two SEC championship games, but you know, year before that they went eight and eight and five year before that they won four games. And then the year before he arrived, they won four games. So it was very much he wanted to get rid of those peaks and valleys. Like, I hate to say it, but the, the, the valleys may be a little bit higher now under Dan Mullen, but they're not that much higher, right? Like, Dan Mullen lost four games with a second-round draft pick at quarterback, a generational talent in Kyle Pitts. And look, the defense was a huge problem last year, and we can pin all the blame on the defense. I think what's equally as concerning for Florida right now is that Todd Grantham actually looks like he's got the defense playing pretty well. I mean, Florida's defense only gave up 13 points last night um, or 14, I guess at Tennessee after the, you know, the the opening problems they had, they go out and shut out Tennessee the rest of the way against Alabama. The defense was good enough to allow you to get back in the game. So if you're looking at it, there's different breakdowns that are happening in some of these losses, whether it's the decision for guys to sit out against Oklahoma and you turn the ball over a bunch, whether it's not taking LSU seriously enough and having one of those games where anything that can go wrong does go wrong. Uh, same as Kentucky. I mean, the, that's, that's kind of the problem is like, if it was one thing you could pinpoint it and say, Hey, let's fix this. Unfortunately, there's a couple things. And, you know, while we've seen that, that ceiling could potentially be high. I think at this point, it's safe to say it's not going to be where Florida fans want it without some serious changes. But here's the realistic case. The rest of the way, Blake, you're already at three and two. You're probably going to lose to Georgia. Okay, even if you beat Georgia, I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there that are confident right now that this Florida team might not have another slip in it. I mean, you're going to Baton Rouge in two weeks, and I know LSU's coming off a tough loss to to Auburn last night, but they've still got a lot of talent. And, oh, oh, remember, that same LSU team beat you in the swamp last year. So, to me, you're talking about optimistically – in my opinion, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, maybe maybe Florida runs the table. I don't think that happens, but maybe I'm wrong. So feel free to stop me if you see it differently. Realistically, best case scenario for Florida, you're looking at 9-3 and three this year. And, and that's
2: where we were before the season. That, that
0: is where we were before the season, so maybe I'm being overly biased by what happened last night. But to me, that's a problem. And, and the, the realistic case, potentially, is that, like we talked about, Dan Mullen's never been in this situation at Florida where he loses that carrot on the stick this early in the season. And we've kind of seen how that can go and how quickly that can go south on you. It's not the same as as what Jim McElwain went through. Let me be very, very clear before I make this next comparison. It's not the same. Dan Mullen is, is clearly head and shoulders a better coach than Jim McElwain so far through his UF tenure. But it feels a lot like how the Jim Maffling tenure started to play out, right? Florida gets to Atlanta in his first year, and that second loss doesn't come until the FSU game. And granted, by the time that second loss comes, it's pretty clear that Florida's probably not going to really give Alabama a real run for its money in Atlanta. But you still kept the fans engaged all the way through. You still had pretty much all the season goals on the line until that FSU game as the second loss. The next year Florida also reaches the SEC Championship game, but that second loss came a lot earlier. It came early November against Arkansas and really realistically again, well before the SEC Championship game, the season goals were lost. Florida kind of Florida started to feel like it wasn't a real contender, that kind of thing. By year 3, that second loss was pretty far up the calendar. Well, Blake, we're looking at it. Last year, you know, that LSU loss Kind of took a lot of the cards off the table. Guess what? That second loss is coming beginning of October. So this is a new territory for Dan Mullen and how he manages it is going to be fascinating. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break, Blake, and we'll talk about recruiting. We'll talk about loyalty to staff. We'll talk about whether or not I'm overreacting in the second half of the show. But let's go ahead and get a quick commercial break in. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldkamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, I think when we're talking about the trajectory of the program, I think the thing that's so difficult for a lot of fans is very clearly Dan Mullen can coach X's and O's. We see that, right? And again, I think even last night's game, you can sort of make the case that, you know, Dan Mullen's team, Dan Mullen's coaching, however you want to view it, was good enough last night making as many mistakes as they did, that they still could have beat a pretty good Kentucky team. Now we don't know how good Kentucky is, but they could have still won that game. So on the one hand you have Dan Mullen can almost coach his way around anything. On the other hand, you have clearly not very consistently and not routinely, right? Because we've seen it now five of the last six games against power five opponents they've lost. That's not going to cut it at Florida. So It boils back to me, to the recruiting argument, to will Dan Mullen be able to make the changes that they need to consistently compete for championships? And I think, again, that's twofold. I think it's recruiting and the willingness to, I hate to say it, but cut ties with guys that aren't going to get you recruiting at the level you need to. And I'll go ahead and say, as much as Dan Mullen has done a good job improving the overall talent at Florida, and I, I think that's clear. I think that's clear you're still a little ways away from recruiting on that Alabama level, that Georgia level. And last night's loss, again, let me be perfectly clear. Last night's loss to me was not about recruiting. This is me taking where Florida ended year three, where they're at currently in year four and looking at the most likely scenario playing out for year four and saying, okay, where does that going to leave Florida? And that is, that is kind of projecting ahead. So I'll, I'll say that Florida could very well run the table Prove me wrong, and maybe these aren't concerns. But with that in mind, in terms of how you're 3-ended, how you're forced going, the bigger concern is that even if Florida wasn't having these setbacks, it's still not fully clear that Florida has the talent to go in there and beat Alabama and Georgia on a yearly basis. Bottom line, right? So when you've got that and you've got a seeming, sense of loyalty to assistance. I don't know. And again, it's, this is where it's, it's, it's hard to question Dan Mullen in some ways. Cause I, he obviously made the decision to retain Todd Grantham. And I think Todd Grantham's defense so far this year has probably made that decision look like the right call. I, I'm not still, I'm not sold on Grantham, but statistically numbers wise, I mean, it hasn't been the defense's fault this year, right? Blake, um, I guess I don't even, I don't even really know what I'm trying to ask. Cause I, I in some ways I feel like I already kind of know where this heads having covered college football for 11, 12 years. What does Dan Mullen have to do to convince you that this is still headed in the right direction? Like, what does he have to do at this point to stem the negative momentum and kind of at least stay treading water this season, such that you don't have the fans turn on you such that recruiting doesn't become this impossible grind that we saw when Will Muschamp was kind of retained after year three, and it seemed like things had already turned. What has to happen at this point?
2: You know, obviously closing out on a lot of these guys, you know, these top targets that are still on the board. Yes, the portal is, a means to get by, and it's something that the staff has used. But building that depth from young guys, just, you know, high-level talent. If you want to compete with the Bamas, the Georgias, you know, those, you know the LSUs, the teams that are recruiting, you know, you know pretty much cherry-picking guys out there, you have to continue to build your depth there, you know, across the board. You know, Florida can go through the portal. <clears throat> they can get some guys, you know, starting 11 type of guys. But that depth, you know, you can't play those guys the whole game. You need to continue to add that depth around. That's the question there, you know, they need to continue to do that there are some staff members there that, you know, just aren't pulling their weight. You know, they're not matching, you know, the areas of where Florida is going to need to take that next step. You look at the offensive line, they played great for most of the season, but they took that step back against, you know, Kentucky last night. And I think that that's just continuing to add that talent in there. So, you know, it's kind of the same old song and story there, you know, they need to recruit better. They need to recruit more depth along the, you know, the trenches, Um, you know, certain positions, you know, linebacker, you know, getting those younger guys continue to get in the fold. I thought Tyron Hopper played really well last night, you know, getting those types of guys continue to get them in there. You know, those are the depth areas you need to improve for Florida. And I think that that's where they're going to have to take
0: that next step. Like, am I, am I overreacting? I don't think you are. I mean, because I I feel like, I feel like I'm overreacting. I'll be honest with you. And, and that's, (laughs) That's kind of the thing with like you know Dan Mullen's program, right? It's like like I like I talked about you know the Georgia game. Would it really it's shock anybody downs, if man. they go in right? No, and and I in some ways I almost think that's what's most frustrating for fans, right? Is the issues that we're gonna prevent Florida from regularly competing for championships are the same now as they were a year ago, two years ago even, right? It's it's that little bit of recruiting, you know, those two to three top one hundred. Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow, Brandon Spikes—truly elite types, right? You're only a couple of those guys away, and I think I think you can make the argument that Florida doesn't have enough of those difference makers this year. Look, bottom line is that's reality in college football. Some years that's going to happen. You have key guys graduate, you have a couple guys leave at the you know coincidentally at the same time. That, that happens, right? And and honestly, like you said, we are kind of back to a little bit of where we were at in the preseason expectations wise, right? We are. I mean, and realistically. If the Florida team that came out there against Alabama and Tennessee is the team that shows up the rest of the way, maybe Florida goes nine and three. Maybe they even go 10 and two. I think the the part that makes it so frustrating is that the, the obvious things that Dan Mullen could have done, could still do to fix kind of the recruiting, to fix maybe some problem areas. Special teams have been a problem throughout his tenure at UF. The defense, jury's still out on Todd Grantham. I think he's done better, but he didn't want to make that change last year. And, I, you know, I wrote at the time that was was a decision that was ultimately going to put more pressure on Dan Mullen because he's making the decision that to, I think, a lot of fans seemed obvious he's going against the grain there. So that puts some pressure on you to prove you were right. And, Blake, I think when things start to go south and you have obvious things that fans consider in your control, in your purview, that you haven't taken steps to correct, that's when things start to snowball on you in the fan base. And maybe I'm being myopic. Maybe I'm being short-sighted in immediately pivoting to those concerns following a loss to what I think was actually a pretty good Kentucky team on the road that's been a tough team to play. Maybe I'm being short-sighted there, but I think that's probably where the fans are going to go. And I think... When you're looking for clear signs that Florida is going to kind of take the next step at some point in Dan Mullen's program, it's hard to identify where that's going to happen now, right? Like, what is going to be different about 2022 than 2021? I mean, personnel, you'll be a little bit older. You'll continue to develop. But I think when you talk about impact players, like Anthony Richardson obviously is one. But outside of him, who are your other guys that are really, really stepping up and turning into studs on both sides of the ball? To me, that's a little bit of a recruiting issue. Again, I do think I'm overreacting a little bit, but bottom line is fans are now starting to wonder, okay, well, like, yeah, this, floor's, this floor's not feeling so hot anymore, and it feels like we're a little further away from the ceiling. Still have that little hurdle we need to get over pretty clearly before we're ready to do it consistently. Like, is Dan Mullen going to make those changes? And Blake, I got to be honest with you, I'm not convinced he is me neither. So I don't know where that leaves Florida. Exactly. Obviously they're going to have some regrouping to do. I really do. I I think that's going to be a lot harder than maybe a lot of people expect. And we're going to find out like Dan Mullen has talked about culture. He's talked about the thumb wrestling and, you know, wanting to go out there and play no matter what, because they keep, keep score. Well, guess what? You're going to find out if Florida is willing to do that. And, um, the good news is Dan Mullins improved the town enough that Florida should go out there and beat most of the opponents it's supposed to. I think the problem is LSU is probably not one of those teams. George is not one of those teams. Um, that's probably, I mean, those are probably really the only two that are concerned the rest of the way. But I mean, hey, look, you know, you lose both of those two and you go into a bowl game and you, you're, even if you're nine and four, like it's not going to make fans feel all that good. And especially if you're continuing with, um, and I, I'm not. I'm not, no, I'm not even going to go there. Cause I don't quarterback wasn't an issue last night, but ultimately fans want to see what Anthony Richardson can do because I do think he can be a game changer. Um, I mean, that's going to be scrutinized the rest of the way. I, I guess we might as well tackle that because it's going to be a topic, Blake. A lot of times when seasons are kind of over and you're talking about this, how does Florida build for the future? It should that be a consideration for Dan Mullen at this point going forward with with respect to the quarterback position, should Florida start to groom Anthony Richardson for the starting job going forward?
2: I don't think that you groom him for the starting job. I just think you have to continue to incorporate him more, you know, obviously the injury kind of held things back there, but you know, if he was a hundred percent, you know, he just didn't get the amount of snaps that I would have thought he would have got again that in that Kentucky game.
0: Yeah. I mean, six snaps. I don't like, again, that's kind of one of those head scratchers where you're like, you know, I mean, and granted, on those six snaps, I, I thought Anthony Richardson probably had his worst game yet. You know, I thought he missed a check at the line of scrimmage on one, skipped the ball into the turf on another. Um, you know, so I, I'm not I'm not questioning Dan Mullins handling a quarterbacks. So I think he knows what he's doing. I, I think he can be a little stubborn. I, I think I mean, I think that's reality, uh, but I'm not questioning him on quarterbacks. I just think, you know. I may not question him on quarterbacks. Fans are going to start to wonder if Anthony Richardson isn't kind of being set up as the guy going forward, because, you know, as much improvement as Emory Jones has made, I kind of have that same feeling as like with the recruiting, right? Like it's improved. He's good enough to to probably win you nine, 10 games. But is he enough to go toe to toe with an Alabama, a Georgia, um, some of these teams that have more talent on a regular basis and you feel good about the win? me, probably not. Anthony Richardson, maybe he's not that guy either, but so far he's given fans the impressions that he could be. And so right or wrong, fans are going to want to see that kind of pivot towards the next step, same as what they would have hoped to see with some assistant coaches that maybe aren't getting it done on the recruiting trail, same as maybe assistant coaches that their positions haven't been producing. And ultimately, those decisions are all going to go to Dan Mullen. I think Dan Mullen is not going to, change those opinions based on anything that's said publicly, based on how the fans feel based on any pressure he may feel. But the reality is that is the narrative. And in college football, the narrative is very much something you battle as a head coach, not just with your team and keeping them motivated, but on the recruiting trail and Florida, the way they're recruiting right now with the assistance that they have cannot afford to have the recruiting trail get harder. So right or wrong, it, it needs to be a forward looking discussion for Florida. It needs to be something that is considered going forward I don't have a ton of confidence in where Florida's headed. If you ask me, best case scenario, the trajectory is flat out stalled right here, right? Like you were climbing up, up, up. And now at best case, you're level, if not going down. So how Dan Mullen halts that arrests that momentum in the wrong direction and kind of goes forward, like I think it's it's gonna it's gonna tell us a lot. And I look, I'm Dan Mullen's not on the hot seat. He, I don't think he's in any danger of losing his job. I don't even think he's in any danger of facing any ultimatums from Scott Strickland or anything like that following year 4. I really don't. I think they're they're very comfortable working together. I think that Scott Strickland trusts him. But fan pressure is a real reality. When fans stop showing up to games, when fans are getting frustrated, you know, that's a problem and, you know, right now Dan Mullen has a lot of fans frustrated and that's not a good place to be when you're in year 4. I go back to, you know, we were talking first couple years of Dan Mullen and you're making the comparisons. I know it loved, you know, UAA loved to bring up the comparison of first 30 games, first 31 games, first 32 games. And, you know, Dan Mullen was the winningest head coach at Florida, you know, better than Urban Meyer, better than Steve Spurrier. And you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, he's done a really good job. You know, especially when you consider the context of, you know, Urban Meyer inherited a loaded roster that he took over from Ron Zook and, know had some things to fix but he had the pieces dan mullen didn't step into a favorable situation so you absolutely tip your cap to all that but at the same time you're looking at it and you're starting to go ah oh, guess what urban meyer man he was in the sec title game in year two steve spurrier had won a couple sec titles oh actually urban meyer won the national championship in year two played for a national championship in year four. Oh, he won that one too guess what dan mullen doesn't have anything to show for it yet and as good as he was at mississippi state turning the corner Even with Dak Prescott, even with that number one ranking, they never really won anything there. And I'm not taking away any of the success that he had there. I'm not taking away any of the success that he's had at Florida. But it's a different ballgame at Florida. And I don't care how many games you win, when you get to Atlanta and you've shown that that's kind of the expectation, that's the goal, and the next step is to actually win in Atlanta, and then all of a sudden you're losing to Kentucky uh, for the second time as a head coach in four years. Not really going to probably get to Atlanta. It's not a good. It's not a good setup, and the trajectory really, really doesn't look good. So, Blake, I, I'll leave it at that. I don't have anything else with that. Um, I, unfortunately, I, I probably didn't do a great job of providing kind of a, a nuanced opinion there. But I, I just think Florida's in a at a real crossroads with this program, and I'm not sure what the answer is. I'm not sure there is an easy answer, and that may be that may be a scarier prospect for Florida than. A crash and burn situation, in all honesty, because you could very well end up stuck in the doldrums for several years. Bottom line for me.
2: Yeah. It's all about how they're going to bounce back going forward. You know, like you said, who knows? You know, it's we're on the roller coaster still. So who knows where the next up or down will be.
0: All right, Blake. Well, that'll do it for today's episode of the podcast, guys. I'll have more thoughts on that going forward. I I know it was a late game last night. I uh, actually delayed shooting the podcast a little bit because I I felt like it was going to be a little, uh, a little intense. But, those are my thoughts. I, I think Dan Mullen's going to have to make some hard choices, and the bottom line is I'm not sure he's going to. So we'll see that where, where that leaves Florida. Maybe his culture is so strong that the players completely rally. They go and shock Georgia. Crazier things have happened. But at this point, bottom line is Florida kind of teetering in year four under Dan Mullen, and look – this is not a place where you want to be teetering in year four. It's just that simple. I mean, I I think Florida, I think the world of Florida fans, they support their program, but they also know what they're looking at when it comes to football. And uh, what happened last night, that can, that can be overcome if it's a one-off scenario. Problem for Florida is it hasn't been in the last eight games. They've lost two of those type of games where they had no business losing Uh, both, both cases. I, again, I don't think it was a talent issue, but if you're going to have problems from different areas of the team that show up fairly routinely, the the real difference maker, the real equalizer, in my opinion, is having better talent. I mean, the, the better talent you have Dan Mullen with his ability to coach X's and O's, it takes away so much of that margin for, I mean, it, it expands that margin for error so significantly that it's just got to happen. I mean, that's got to happen going forward. You've got to recruit better. There's, there's got to be, in my opinion, at least one or two changes to make that happen on the assistant coaching staff. And if you can couple them with positions that have underperformed, um, I, I don't know what's up with the lack of special teams emphasis, but it's a problem, man. And it costs Florida. It, it costs Florida in two games already this year. So I don't know what the right answer is for Florida, but I do know that it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this team bounces back. I do think from the player standpoint, Emery Jones came in last night and said, Hey, we have one of two choices here. We either bounce back and we say, Hey, it's up to us to go out and win out the rest of the way, or We put it in the tank and we go and just kind of toss in the towel. And that is the decision for Florida right now. I think that this is a team that's going to come out and play hard. Um, Ultimately, I'm not sure that that's going to make a lot of difference long term, how this team goes. Now, it will affect perception. But at the end of the day, at this point, the next step for this program to me is those changes, those hard changes that I think Dan Mullen needs to make. So I'll leave it for there. Uh, for now, guys, that's that's going to do it for today's episode of the Swamp 24-7 podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to check out Swamp247.com for more coverage of the Florida Gators. If you like the episode, be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is. And we will be back on Tuesday with another episode of the Swamp 24-7 podcast. Thank you for tuning in.